Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. recording and uh, we are late but i don't know if we are late because we never give ourselves official release de- release dates we just kind of do it when we can <laughs> do it but it all seems to be in some sort of weekly window um the best we possibly can but... regularly is our schedule yeah. you know it's it's coming all... it was supposed to be every two weeks when i first started this thing but <laughs> everybody should feel privileged <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah but Hey, we've got new Star Wars back in our lives. New Star Wars. So we've had to wait for, obviously, the Mandalorian. Then we've been sitting in the Marvel worlds as well as the monster worlds and stuff that we've been chatting about recently. But now we're back on that Star Wars train with uh, animated series, another animated series, Bad Batch. And Mr. Dave Filoni created Uh this one as well with Jennifer Corbett. So Dave Filoni obviously getting on board with the Mando and on board with the Bad Batch, but these these are kind of his babies I very much feel with the Bad Batch. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk the Bad Batch, but our very good friend Artif has never seen the Clone Wars animated series. So I said to him, the best way before the Bad Batch, if you wanted to give yourself some sort of reference, is just watch the final season of the Clone Wars. Because as we all know, like the Clone Wars animated series it's an extremely enjoyable series but it jumps all over the place and it's got mm-hmm. episodes which are a bit shaky <laughs> to say the least but uh i felt that the last season is a very like definitive storyline uh brilliant storyline and i very much draw enjoyed it but of course as you know people who have watch that the bad batch that's where we first get to see the bad batch so i thought it was a nice introduction so yeah. before we go into the bad batch mr artif what did you think because this is your first experience i feel very much diving into kind of the animated world so yeah. to speak of star wars from because you got the rebel series you got the um resistant is it resistance the other animated series, which I can't remember the name of my head at this point in time. And um, and obviously the Clone Wars went on for a very long period of time and then came back after a few years' absence. So, I mean, what was your experience like jumping into that world for the first time? Yeah. So, uh, with Clone Wars, I had watched a little bit of the first season, um, but then I, I didn't really kind of pick it up as such um not that, to say that there was anything against the series it's just you know um i think you know it was just kind of getting used to the format of the of the kind of seeing star wars in an animated way and also you know it's a bit more uh, friendly towards kids in a way um uh, but not to say that that's kind of you know bad or anything it's just you know something which i just and also i mean there is a lot of i mean the seven seasons of it really so it was kind of you know quite an undertaking you don't want to, if you want to watch the whole thing i think you know and there's quite a few episodes per season um but you know in preparation for bad batch you know on your advice i watched the last season season seven of clone wars and yeah 
interesting, isn't it? It's um, interesting for a number of reasons and enjoyable for another uh, number of reasons. Um, I mean, you know, in relation to the Bad Batch series, obviously, you know, the, the series starts with the Bad Batch episode. And so it, it is, if for anyone out there wanting to kind of get into the Bad Batch, it, it's recommended. And if, and if you haven't seen The Clone Wars, I'd recommend that, you know, or we'd recommend really <laughs> that you yeah. watch that um, that final season because, I mean, you know, the first episode kicks off with the Bad Batch, really, and it is kind of like that perfect introduction into what they are, you know, who are the characters and, and how they operate as well. Um, so, you know, <clears throat> for anyone who doesn't know, I mean, they're essentially uh, a bunch of the clone troopers who are sort of misfit ones. So they all, they're, they're clone troop, they're clones, but they have defects so that they don't actually follow things you know, kind of orders from the top, such as like Order 66. Uh, and also they kind of have different appearances and abilities between them. So, you know, you have one which is uh, a sniper, one which is like a kind of stronger, bigger one. You have the kind of leader of them, um, the the smarter tech one. You know, they're all like quite a capable, handy team of uh, troopers to have in pretty much any kind of mission or situation in Star Wars. Um, and yeah, you know, it, and they kind of feature throughout that that season, and it, it's quite interesting to see. Um, I mean, first of all, that they exist within the kind of clone world, because you know, you always kind of assume like clones with Star Wars, yeah, yeah, it, they're all kind of perfect and, and perfectly clone-like and obedient. But actually, these guys are, you know, very much filled with personality and their own their own direction in, in kind of you know what to do on missions. Um, even in terms of you know yeah you know as I said they they don't follow those kind of central orders and they question a lot of the <laughs> um, the the morality of their actions and what they're doing which is quite interesting um, seeing them as you know separate from the clones really um, and you know throughout the season it's it's just quite interesting to see how they interact with Anakin and Obi Wan of course and they befriend them um, and gain that inner circle um, trust really of course Ahsoka Tano as well you know. Um, she features a lot throughout season seven of uh, Clone Wars, which, you know, as a fan of the Mandalorian, you know, um, and again, any Mandalorian fans, you know, check out that final season because you get a lot of context behind her character and essentially where she goes, you know, um, before we see her in the Mandalorian and, you know, and after, you know, she is um, Anakin's Padawan and, and, you know, serves in the kind of Jedi forces and then, but then sort of defects from the Jedis as well. Um, so there's, you know, a lot of interest, I mean, a lot of characters that we've already kind of come across in the live action uh, side, like in terms of the Mandalorian and um, and just kind of being refreshed. And and of course, seeing Anakin and Obi-Wan in that era uh, more heavily, because, you know, we've discussed this before, like between, you know, episodes two and three, there's so much that happens in terms of action and development and uh, the Jedis and what they're doing and the sort of the missions that they embark on that actually it's, it was, yeah, it's great to see that, um, to, to see Filoni kind of bring it to life and, and really kind of dive into like the, 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 I mean, like the kind of classic star Wars stories that we all know and love really, you know, just kind of giving them a bit more detail, more character, uh, more development in terms of the characters. You see more of the development between Anakin and Padme, uh, and their relationship and how he's, keeping it a secret from Obi-Wan Kenobi as well. Um, so I thought that was quite interesting. And also how, like, you know, some of the, <laughs> the clone troopers in the Bad Batch, like, kind of covered for him as well. So it, it's, 
um, yeah, it's kind of like just diving a bit further into those characters, really, which is is very enjoyable. And of course, you know, in terms of um, enemies, I mean, before you know, um, Palpatine takes over. I mean, you know, a lot of the final season features, you know, Darth Maul uh, as a kind of main enemy, um, and actually, that was one of my kind of favorite things about that um that season is, is seeing Darth Maul and the, and the role he plays and actually how he's not eliminated from the whole you know um I mean from from you know the, I mean, we, we see him in of course Solo the movie as the kind of main um enemy there really controlling things um but to see him in this light it was quite interesting again because he was Again, like a quite an interesting character in the way that they presented him. Um, I say interesting, you know, that's kind of like non-specific. He's an intriguing character because you, you know, as soon as you see him, he is, I mean, he is an enemy and, you know, he is kind of operating on the side of evil. But actually towards the end of the series, he kind of becomes very much this sort of uh, morally grey character that he's not actually a full Sith and he, well, anymore, you know. Um, Especially with Palpatine, obviously, you know, working the the puppet strings over Anakin and getting him to obviously be the kind of, the, the, you know, his, his sort of, you know, I mean, you know, in Star Wars lore, it's always, you know, the Sith Master and and their Padawan, and and he take as Anakin's taking that place, you know, Darth Maul is really taking his own direction, which is kind of getting involved in, uh, you know, the underworld of Star Wars, and and yeah, and 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 in the series, he's presented at this interesting kind of moral character in that he's still kind of i suppose evil you know and sith like but then he's he does kind of things that sorts of redeem himself and develop the character in a way where actually it's like similar to the bad batch really that he's not like a clean cut sort of character anymore he, he's kind of making decisions on his own like independent um sort of assessment of the situation and how it benefits him and and the things that the elements around him and so I, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed seeing Darth Maul like kind of kicking ass again with his double lightsaber. Um, and I mean, you know, there's a great scene uh, in one of the, the final episodes of, which is, it, you know, it mirrors that, the, the Darth Vader scene at the end of Rogue One, you know, where he essentially just takes out a bunch of the clone troopers um, with his force powers and he's ripping panels off the wall and, launching them and beheading you know <laughs> clone troopers and pinning them up against the wall and you know cutting them in half and stuff and it was like oh wow this is and actually that for me you know in terms of as a cartoon meant kind of more for kids that at that point it was like whoa like this is actually you know surprising i mean without the blood of course but surprisingly violent you know um and you really enjoyable get that very much more so in the final season yeah the- so it's very much some kiddified episodes in the original like first six or so seasons of series i mean it jumps to and from because you know star wars has its very serious elements and then it has its very kiddie elements as we always we've said before when we're talking about the prequel the silly seriousness of it yeah sometimes they go too far one side and not enough the other but animation gives you that allowance sometimes to sway further in one direction than the other without it being seen as something either too much or too silly um but yeah yeah you're absolutely right yeah and i and i I, and i think that was one of the things that kind of initially put me off in the first season is that like 
whilst I enjoy a lot of the Star Wars like elements and story, you know, beats and stuff, and I, and I probably will watch it, um, you know, having watched the last season and kind of being impressed by that. Um, that yeah, like you know, the, but the final season they really seem to nail that um, the tone of the overall thing, and actually, it didn't really feel that. Um, yeah, that that they were having to pander to either side anymore, and actually they were just writing really kind of interesting like character arcs, um, and having you know yeah like having these characters that we know and love, um, especially like these days after Mandalorian and whatnot. Um, but then giving them that proper context and just better development and and also in plenty of action, you know, which we love, you know, and and like Jedi action, Jedi fights, Jedi, you know, <laughs> just all sorts. So it, it's I can see why the last season was rated so highly, you know. I mean, and that was kind of part of your recommendation that it's like it's got these massive scores on IMDb and stuff, and um, and actually watching it, yeah, I can see why, you know, because it's just very well written and. It hits, you know, as a Star Wars fan, it hits a lot of um, like familiar kind of uh, beats, but within uh, again with like newer angles. Um, and you know, dive is kind of a bit further into like the characters that we know as well, and without having to, you know, forcibly make them too, yeah, too kid friendly or too uh, too violent or too kind of far away. It, it works very well, you know, and and. Again, you know, that's testament to Filoni, you know, clearly really knowing the characters in the universe that he he's he's created this arc for each of them that 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 works well as, 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 as over a series as well. I mean, I think there's like 12 to 14 episodes in, the, in that series as well. It's, you know, it's not too short, but I mean, the episodes aren't overly long either. I think they're what, like 30 minutes, I think. Yeah, um, about that, I think some of them are a bit longer, but yes. Yeah. So, you know, and but nothing kind of feels forced and you know and again you have those kind of beats from mandalorian where you have like a psychotano you know exploring the galaxy and having to do deals herself you know she kind of befriends those two sisters and they have that whole kind of arc of how they're smuggling the spice you know um which i find you know in any sci-fi series drugs are always referred to as spice you know whether it's june or star wars it's like the spice you know <laughs> it's like is everyone making curries? You know, like, it's just, <laughs> um, it's, it's just, yeah, it's quite, but again, like really cool to see Ahsoka Tano. And I can see why, you know, when she popped up in the Mandalorian, everyone was like, Oh my God, it's Ahsoka Tano. Cause you know, she features so much. And again, she's similar to that Darth Maul character where she's not, she's not a clear cut Jedi anymore. You know, she kind of disavows being a Jedi, but obviously she still can kick ass like a Jedi. Um, and is you know fairly wise and you know has her own kind of agenda and ways of doing things um and i think you know and that's i think what i kind of enjoyed about it is that like it, even though it's kind of a cartoon for kids it, it felt more mature in the way it presented characters and their choices that they make you know and it's like not clear-cut like oh he's evil and she's good and therefore they will always be that it's like oh actually they're making decisions which can go against like their sort of loyalties um and that makes them more compelling you know as characters to watch because you know you, you don't really know what they're going to do and you know um and it kind of makes it just all a bit more exciting really because it's just they just seem like you know you, you have characters which are more which have more depth they have more emotional um you can connect with them more and you can understand why they do things more uh, and it just kind of makes it a bit more you know real in a way you know 
Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed the Ahsoka Tana kind of stuff. I, I liked it. You know, I, I liked it a lot the final season. And you know, in, in terms of leading up to the Bad Batch and the context it gives, in terms of like, you know, prior to Order sixty six being kicked off, it was um, yeah, it's an entertaining watch and, and informative, and you know, provides plenty of context. So. Yeah, in terms of, you know, that's kind of my sum up of the of the series, really, of the final season, I should say, of Clone Wars. Um, I also that... want to buy, I'm just going to quickly talk about one of my favourite, obviously, parts of yeah. that. It's the, it's the Ahsoka Anakin story, but it's also the first real kind of in-depth. Um, you know, I know we see it in Revenge of the Sith, but it's, you know, it's very much like cut to this Jedi, cut to this Jedi, cut to this Jedi, cut to this Jedi, when Order 66 has been given. Um, this is, I feel it's the first time we properly get to live with Order 66 and the ramifications it has with, like, within um, Ahsoka's life and within yeah. Commander Rex's life that you see. Absolutely, yeah. The other clone troopers. So that that whole, almost like their sacrifice at the end by crashing the ship into the, into the planet. Yeah. And and then that just, I thought, I feel a very good, well done, poignant scene, especially for animation once again, where you kind of have that, they still mark out the kind of graves with the helmets of the fallen. Yeah. Even though they, and then you have the scene of obviously some time has passed and a snowstorm has come in and Anakin's there as Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah. Knowing, it, it, it's almost like he's he's obviously looking for her, but at the same time he's kind of, it might have been like a little instance of a little bit of Anakin left mm. because he was there on to when he actually gets to those uh, marked graves kind of on his own. It, it very much felt to me like that was a, a little slither of the humanity within him. Mm. Of these people he also fought alongside for so many years and had gotten him out of loads of scrapes and kind of probably saved his life more than one time probably saved Padme's life more than one time absolutely it it almost felt like a even though the not the most ideal situation but a a little bit of a conclusion in that aspect I I just really like the way they told that story absolutely and like characters like Commander Rex as a clone trooper who they grow so close to uh and, you know, when Order 66 is given and he has to, you know, and he fights against it and knowing he has to kill Ahsoka Tano, um, that's quite an emotional scene, you know. Um, and you're absolutely right. You know, it's, it's seeing how they fought alongside each other um, provides so much context to actually it's not they're not just clones. They're actually like characters and friends and. Yeah, and, and, and allies and, you know, comrades, you know, like they, they've been fighting for, for years alongside each other. And, I, I, and you know, it, it, it's interesting because it makes Order 66 much more shocking, you know, because they have all these established relationships and, and they've achieved so much together and in terms of like having that common mission and, and what, what they've done. So to see, I mean, you know, right at the beginning of Bad Batch, you know, you see it exactly happen with... Um, uh, what's it? Caleb Jooms, um master. What's her name? Um, oh, uh, Deeper. Deeper Belipper. Uh, Belabber. Yeah. No. Belabber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting. Um, there. But yes, I mean, this is where. I mean, yeah. guys, we're getting to it. But the, the, this is where Bad Batch kicks off. We kick yeah. off like in the literally the moments before Order sixty six. Now, this is another reference point that I'll give you a little bit of information on. Of course, Caleb June. 
um, is uh, Doom. Sorry, it's like a, he is a big character because he is one of the lead characters in the uh, other animated series, Rebels. Mm. So when we kind of are first introduced to him in Rebels, he goes under a different different name, Kanan uh, Jarus, is what he goes under there because of this moment that he's experiencing right now. This moment where he has to flee almost yeah. and kind of not be a Jedi to a certain extent anymore to survive, to be able to, and he's, he's obviously a Padawan. He's young at this point in time, although, uh, and I know of course, so Freddie Prince Jr. voices the character and he obviously voices Caleb. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell the age in Freddie's voice. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's a kid with one hell of a serious voice. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? Well, I'll tell you. Hello <laughs> <laughs> there. <laughs> but um yeah i mean so this is where we join the bad batch you know i'm very happy for the bad batch to be here because i i love this form of star wars storytelling because i feel there's some sort of relief in pressure and the scrutiny from the like <laughs> from the dark side of the fandom should i say where everyone <laughs> just jumps on every single part of every bit that's put up on screen because they just can't wait to kind of tear it down because it's not their childhood star wars it's like nothing <laughs> yeah. be your childhood star wars move on um <laughs> but it's kind of like i like it because like we said before animation you can kind of sometimes get away with more you can kind of you can push the boundaries in different types of stories we know this idea of the bad batch or from some people might not know comes from george lucas and we know that um the the man that is Dave Filoni has always had real strong ties with George and stayed kind of contact with him the whole entire time. So it feels like it's like, and also these times that we breeze over in the course of the three films, when we get a trilogy and so far it's all worked out in terms of, apart from the two solo films, it's trilogies, isn't it? It's all part of that one Skywalker saga. Yeah, cover a lot and a lot of things going on. So, hence why the Clone Wars went on for so long. Hence why we've now obviously, and then there was Rebels, and then there's Bad Batch because there's so much story to tell. There's so many characters out there. There's so much yeah. going, on. and this is development here from like a from the war, which turns into the Civil War, which immediately almost follows. Yeah, that's that's like one of the big things, and why I'm, I get so excited coming back into these series and. I really hope we just get a lot more because a lot of the animation series has stuck around this particular time frame where, gosh, if we could have one which also spans the original trilogy years and the in-betweens and then does the same for the sequel trilogy, I think at the end of the day it only helps out, not that the original trilogy needs much help, but the conflict of people's views on the especially the films that have come out in the past 20 years all these do is kind of and as the live action ones are doing with the mandalorian all it does is help out because it fills everything out and it gives people a chance to live with characters and it gives you a chance to continue explore star wars without yeah. it to be that main story beat which we love but at the same time it's it's just great to kind of get involved in other aspects of it and other characters. So I was yeah. very excited for this series. I, I agree with you as well. And I think, you know, the series format really works very well for a lot of Star Wars canon. You know, I mean, 
and I think that's almost kind of it's almost to like the <laughs> to the detriment of the films because like you're you know with these series like you know as we've seen like now with Clone Wars and as Bad Batch will kind of fill it out and you know Rebels etc and Mandalorian as a series you know I mean they work so well with the Star Wars because there's so much story to tell and there's so many characters that, that and points of intrigue and, and I think that you know, it's almost kind of to the detriment of the films because the films like they have to fit so much into, you know, two hours each time in a trilogy format that it's almost like too, like, you know, they're like having to pick and choose from like all these characters and stuff. And you could say it's like easy. They just choose the best bits or, you know, or the Skywalkers or whatever, but it's like, but when you have these series that have developed so many other characters and, you know, and interesting parts, and you've got someone like Filoni who's like, you know, capable of writing that stuff and creating it. It's like it actually makes the job for the films much harder, you know, to pick and choose like what they want to do because they've now got this whole sort of. It's not just the the films that they're following. It's like all these series, you know, which are all like have great writing, great characters, great developments. You know, Jedi's, you know, in in various formats, and um, and then you know, even as I said, like someone like Darth Maul, who's like, okay, now he's like. Not just, a, I mean, yeah, he's still a bad guy, but he's also has these, you know, he's not, a, you know, a, a clear cut um, Sith. So, you know, what can you do with that? And uh, yeah, so it, it almost, <laughs> yeah, as I said, it kind of like the, the series format really favors Star Wars. Um, and yeah, and, you know, with Bad Batch, it's just, you know, continuing with that really. Um, and having them as characters and seeing how, yeah, you know, now that we're in this new context of this the civil war and, and Palpatine taking over. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm glad it's like a, you know, it, it's being made as a series rather than a kind of standalone film because there's so much to tell and, you know, so many kind of dots to combine together and, 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 you know, I mean, you know, we, we get the, you know, you know, Tarkin at the beginning as well, you know, uh, kind of overseeing things. And I mean, this is the great thing. You've got so many characters that you can just pull in for an episode or two, and it just yeah. always adds to it, doesn't it? I mean, so it's an interesting story. It's like um, I was wondering where they were going to go, and I was wondering, obviously, when it was going to start and if it was going to start around Order 66, and I felt it was right to because it just makes sense for the development of the Bad Batch characters, and we get to see where they go. And I, can't, I, do, I very much liked the... Cause, it, it would obviously be very easy to just make it about the Bad Batch against the Empire in some way, shape or form and put Tarkin in as the, the main protagonist there as the one which is going to cause the kind of friction, so to speak. But So I was very pleased with the kind of story decision that they made in terms of putting one of them, their own, against them. So mm -hmm. we yeah. got... We know they're modified, so their chips are out, so they're not getting the Order 66. But Crosshair, kind of, he kind of did, because I guess his chip wasn't fully, you know, dissolved or so, or rewired in the same way that the others are. And kind of having him as always siding on the side of the Empire, but they're still looking after him as one of their own. Yeah. And then the whole, they actually experiment in experiment on him to take him further towards like his support of the ember of the dark side and kind of be he's hunting them down someone who knows all their tricks someone who knows the bad batch like inside and out i found that like a really um interesting story beat and i hope i hope that's 
something I'm definitely interested in seeing more of as the seasons uh, as this season progresses. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it, it, again, yeah, it, it's a point of intrigue that actually, you know, and also as you see them in the um, final season of Clone Wars, they're all very loyal to each other and like they really are, you know, quite a tight knit crew. So to then have Bad Batch kicking off with like exactly like, you know, with Crosshair kind of questioning loyalties and, you know, and it's also quite interesting because it's like you're wondering whether his, his chip is like, you know, kind of more fixed, <laughs> you know, for the Empire or whether it's just his personality as well in terms of like, because yeah. he says it's like, but these are our orders, you know, this is what we have to do. And it's like, and, you know, we see him at the beginning kind of very, you know, coldly shoot at Caleb June, like, you know, and take him out of trees and try and like kill him. And, you know, it's already like, oh, wow, he's, you know, from the get-go, he's already clearly separate from the Bad Batch, and and actually that first scene is is you know I thought it was it was a great kickoff really it really caught my uh, attention seeing you know um, what was her name again uh, oh, <laughs> Depa uh, yeah who is the um, Jedi Master to um, old Doom. yeah and and seeing them kind of fight along the clones and then. You know, in a quite like a you know a brutal battle, and then you know, and they're all kind of pals, and you know, <laughs> to then you know, order six sixty six literally just kind of you know the call comes in, you know, a ten second call from you know Emperor Emperor Palpatine, uh, execute order sixty six. Good okay. palps. <laughs> yeah, ye old palps. You know, uh, I check my orange juice with a bit of palp. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, just to see them switch like that is actually, you know, it, it was a great start to the series in terms of the shock because you're like, oh, yeah, well, they've been fighting alongside each other for years about one word and, you know, all loyalties are cut. Um, and, you know, and they brutally take out Depa, you know, just on the field surrounding her, shooting her down and Caleb June is running away, you know, hearing the screams, screams in the back. And, um, yeah, it was already kind of like, oh, well, like, you know, really kicking off in some, you know, pretty brutal style, really. Um, and then seeing him kind of, you know, seeing him as a character and like, you know, kind of getting away from the Bad Batch and, and the way he was and jumping over that gorge, it kind of reminded me again of um, of Ray, you know, uh, in, in The Force Awakens that, you know, it's this, you know, solitary character who's just trying to, who's clearly very capable. Um, as, as we all know, these Jedi's always end up being solitary characters. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, especially, you know, and this is the, you know, exactly. Yeah, it's a perfect illustration of how they get there, really. Um, just from the sheer brutality of Order 66 and stuff. So it's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a great start. And then, you know, you kind of get into the whole, you know, bad batch politics and, and talking and essentially the moving on of the Empire. Um that you know establishing themselves and just really you know changing the whole face of the galaxy um which is yeah pretty pretty um i mean well, it's, it's it's interesting to see definitely it fills a lot of gaps i think between you know the prequels and and uh of course you know the original film so it's yeah. a set up i very much see these first two episodes as kind of one joint episode to be fair and, um you know it's it's a good setup to kind of shoot us off for the next 11 episodes or so we kind of we take control of where the bad batch are we see order 66 unfold 
we get them kind of go back into the ranks only as they know how to do and then break away from that with obviously their impromptu meeting with Sa um, Saul Guerrero, who's another mm. character to bring in. And it's a good, that's a good one that I feel to bring in to show the beginnings of now the Rebel Alliance and how that's all starting to kind of come about, so to speak, um, the early days of that. So we get... We get a lot of character inclusion. We got a lot of them meeting up with one of their fellow clones who started his own life, who we obviously, you get to see him, I believe, in the last season of the Clone Wars. Uh -huh. um, and we get this new character, Omega. So who who's kind of like them? She, it's a young female clone um, yeah. working as a medical assistant, obviously has some uh, attributes when she snipers someone from like across the room and, <laughs> and it's like I've never done that before it's like oh <laughs> oh yeah I'm a badass Mandalorian bounty hunter you're like <laughs> yeah, it's like oh Luke Skywalker want rats again <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, skills to pay the bills there so um, yeah so it's going to be interesting in how she comes about I very much you knew how it was going to go down you didn't know you didn't believe for a second that she was going to go with that family. She's yeah. going to do what a kid does and goes, no, I'm going to go with them and cause a whole lot of problems just for everyone apart from herself going, well, I just wanted to come with you. It's like, it's all right. You just nearly killed four people, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll take it in our stride. Uh, but I've, it's really kind of exciting. I'm very much excited to get into this series and where this story I don't want to talk, it's like talking about the ending already, but in the sense that I would love to see, and I feel that there's scope for the Bad Batch to be more than just this season. Mm, uh, you've got some great characters there, and it's always, that would be a nice tie-in. If you're going to push these animated series to the next level, well, the next level, but the next stage of bringing the animated series and telling the behind the scenes of more so of the original trilogy in the animation world, they'd have this bad batch like link that. It's like 25, 30 years in between episodes three and um, four. So let's, let's fill those gaps. Let's start. And I know we're going to fill them with some live action as well, but let's fill them in the animation world and let's push on that way. Uh, or even, you know, like, you know, um, into the Mandalorian, you know, because we have a Sokotano like featured heavily in the Mandalorian. The Bad Batch could easily do so because, I mean, ultimately, you know, well, we we have Boba Fett in the Mandalorian, yeah. you know, um, who is <laughs> who the Bad Batch, you know, they're based off his father. So, you know, that would be quite an interesting. I mean, essentially, there would be a sort of similar age, you know, with him. Um, yeah, well, it'd be quite interesting because you. Ha I mean, let's just get Tamura Morrison. He's a bit of a legend anyway, so let's yeah. get to play some multiple roles. Yeah, why not? Yeah, we do this, guys. Yes, like, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, what are you guys waiting for? Let's let's get this ball rolling. And um, actually, what's quite funny is that D. Bradley Baker I plays mean, like, them all. Yeah, he voices all the bad batch. So why not have you know like <laughs> Morris like. He voiced all the characters, all yeah. the clone troopers. So I can't even imagine what it was like in the recording of the uh, of the um, Clone Wars animated series, where he's literally just having conversations with himself for seven years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd love to see some like you know behind the scenes footage of that, of just him yeah. in the studio, like you know, kind of schizophrenically reading out the lines, you know, <laughs> between different characters. <laughs> I mean, for him, it's like it's the best job in the world, isn't it? Because he gets hired back in. It's like, well, you're playing all the roles. 
so he's like, does that mean I get all the paychecks? <laughs> Probably. I mean, he, he's got the most time on the screen, and you know, it's like, that's my voice, and that's my voice. Hey, that's my voice too. You know, <laughs> nobody can get away from my voice. <laughs> I am Star Wars now. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I've been in Star Wars more than anyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so like the Bad Batch, it's it's great. Um, it's very interesting. There's a lot of stuff we're going to try and cover, guys. There's a lot of stuff coming out. We're going to cover the Loki series as well when that comes about in about a month or so's time. Um, I don't know if this is how this is being released. I believe it's one a week. I believe they just launched it on May the 4th because it's Star Wars Day. And yeah. then they put out a second episode, I think, a couple of days afterwards. Yeah. Um, I was surprised as well because we come into the beginning. Yeah, first episode is nearly an hour and a half long. It's nearly a feature in itself. Yeah. Oh my God, are they all going to be? No, got no. my hopes up just a little bit too much there. Uh, but maybe you could save it again for the last episode. Could be that length. But yeah, yeah it's it's definitely going to be interesting, and it's always joyful to jump back into Star Wars in some way. Yeah, definitely. And and, and you know, I mean. This, as you said, there's so much story to be told between the prequels and the original trilogy that, like, why not dedicate, you know, some good series to it, you know, um, and just have have adventures, you know. I mean, through the Bad Batch, through the any Jedis that may have survived, um, you know, and just see, like, you know, people that we kind of know uh, from the original trilogy um, and just seeing how they kind of interact with each other. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of bring Obi-Wan in at some point um just to you know feature in because he, he would still be around and you know i mean it's a, a 25 years is a long time you know like there's there's, <laughs> there's plenty of opportunity for him to be like yeah i'll do a quick mission you know just why not you know um so to ha- and you know and i think you know in, in this first episode they kind of you know they meet with the, the rebels and stuff already so it's a Already, there's you know seeing the seeds of the of the, the rebel alliance and how they work and their origins and you know um, it's you know kind of great to see and just you know adding that kind of context that before we could only read about in like canon books and comics and stuff like that but now actually they're bringing it to like to the screen and and really fleshing it out and yeah it's it, there's so much that they can do with it that and you know as we always like I mean we we praise him you know but Filoni is you know he's especially with the work he's done on the Mandalorian that it's like, you know, he really has like a, a kind of a, just a, a great kind of, uh, I mean, there's, there's just so much that he can work with that. I feel he's kept star Wars alive. Yeah. He, he's kept it alive. Like maybe unknowingly at the beginning, but the storytelling from the clone wars that went on for such a long time in a, in a place where there wasn't really a lot of star Wars content, but so then we had the clone wars and that was star yeah. Wars content near enough back to back for six years from yeah. like 2008, 2009. And then we had uh, the, and then now we're in a very privileged place to have loads more star Wars on the horizon. And of course we had the sequel trilogy and stuff, but yeah, he's, he almost, <laughs> By being almost like George Lucas's right hand man has become the new George Lucas. Yeah. So I think as long as you have Baloney, you know, I obviously I can't deny what Favreau's done for it as well, and Kathleen Kennedy, and you know, there's a whole good team there. But Baloney really has like he's put Star Wars in such a good place, and 
I, I feel you should have him almost like a John Favreau is for Marvel. Just uh, have him sitting on the story teams for each series just to make sure they intertwine in some respect. They don't have to link in stories, but you know what I mean. Just having that overseeing eye is, is such a benefit. Such yeah, and, a benefit. and seeing him work with like Favreau on Mandalorian and, uh, you know, I hope Favreau works kind of with this as well in terms of being able to because they, yeah, they just they know Star Wars so well, and the way that they're creating these series is just so you know, it's, it's so entertaining. Um, that to, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, and now that they've been given this like thirty year span, I mean, wow, you know, like seeing the work they've already done and like praising that, and you know, having this kind of like open opportunity really to kind of do what they want with with the canon and and. And also, I think it you know it's it's nice that they also have these kind of two reference points to work between, because then they just can like bring in characters that that we know you know as we've said, um, but like also just explore the universe. I mean, that's kind of one of the things I always love about Star Wars is like being able to see the wider universe and like how various people live and different aliens and where they come from and or species I should say not aliens because like I don't know that might be kind of speciest in in Star Wars you know world so yeah. Um, Different species, let's say, you know, um, yeah, that you know, the, I mean, and just the kind of you know adventures, and just you know, you you always hear so many different lines that you know, kind of uh, about places, you know, <laughs> from like the Kessel Run to you know whatever, really. That it's it's yeah, you have this opportunity to really kind of detail them out and 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 show them in a really entertaining and, and fun way. And when I said John Favreau, uh, what John Favreau does for Marvel, I obviously meant Kevin Feige. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yes yeah I completely agree so very much looking forward to this week's episode which we will talk about Um, and hey we've got loads of stuff coming up so there's loads of things other than the Bad Batch that we're going to be covering so thanks for joining us and we will see you or hear from you again soon Hi guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Jedi Order Podcast. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe and may the force be with you. Um, um.